Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to takesbyfans.com slash watch. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So however you want to watch or listen, and we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, folks, today is a big old championship day Sunday, folks. AFC Championship kicking off in about three hours. NFC Championship game a little bit later, 6.30, I believe, the kickoff. But we are going to know who's going to be participating in this year's Super Bowl by the end of tonight and our official off-season Super Bowl winner was the Rams folks and they're in the final four so yes sir gotta love that uh, so today on the show we're gonna be going through last second thoughts last second best bets we'll discover some great pops wh- props what should we be betting what does the history say that we should be betting we'll go through maybe the last couple of uh, three years maybe of their uh, championship Sunday to see kind of how they played out should we be betting defense, low scoring? Should we be betting offense, high scoring? And there's one prop bet that I think is pretty solid value that DraftKings is kind of, it's a special DraftKings uh, special, if you want to call it that, a special DraftKings special um, prop bet that I think I kind of like, but let's see what the history says. So we'll uh, truly talk big time betting in this championship game because, you know, there's only two games on, you know. Yeah, you know, single betting is fun. Double up your money for the most part two team parlays are cool as well you get a little bit of you know extra money too but you know those four teamers those same game parlays folks those those feel good I I know they feel good folks I know y'all know they feel good as well so we'll see if we can make a little bit of extra money here uh picking up some great props on what to bet today in NFL and you know one more final week of multiple games and then after today folks we got to wait two weeks for the final game so man oh man it's so bittersweet NFL coming to a head at the end of the season you know we get great competition and we see who's the best of the best but we get less and less games less and less action less and less uh, games to bet on to make money so we'll do our best to truly cash out all we can milk these, milk these last two games of Championship Sunday for all they're worth. So we got that today on the show. A uh, couple of stories quickly I want to touch upon, and then I also still want to kind of touch upon the NBA from last night. So let's quickly get that out of the way so we have the rest of the show to ourselves for the NFL. So we're going to set 10 minutes on the clock here for our NBA Daily 10. We are sticking strictly to the 10 minutes here. Uh, so as soon as that timer goes off, we're pretty much going to stop. So here we go. Let's get that out of the way so we can focus on the NFL. So here we go. Next 10 minutes, uninterrupted basketball talk of what just happened yesterday in the NBA in the 10 minutes start right now. Alrighty, here we go. Just a handful of games on in the NBA so let's start at the top. First one up is the Celtics at the Pelicans and the Celtics get the win. 107-97 here. Nice 10 point win. They cover the minus 6.5 spread. Well done. 
But for the Pelicans, no Valanchunas, no Brandon Ingram. So once again, yes, the Celtics won a game, but we're not going to put that much stock into it. And then we see the same thing that the Celtics team does, win or lose. They only focus on their two great superstar players. Jason Tatum, 38 points, 7 assists, 8 rebounds. Jalen Brown, 31 points, both getting it done. But then the next leading score was Josh Richardson coming off the bench, 10 points. That's it. They don't got that depth. There's no other playmakers out here on the Celtics team, and that's why they're just so stagnant. They've got and don't get me wrong, these two great these are two great superstars. Well, I'm not knocking Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but it doesn't result in the wins every single game. This is not competitive here by the Celtics. They've taken a step back from three years ago, from two years ago, from just last season. They've just been on a kind of solid decline here, and it's truly unfortunate. So, yeah, they get the win against a lackluster team that was missing their best players. And eh, So, alrighty, we give them credit for the win, but that's all the credit we can really give them at the current moment. And then for the Pelicans, they kept it pretty competitive. Um, you know, only lost by 10. That's not too bad for missing your best two players. Uh, once again, we get Willie Hernana Gomez filling in at the 5. 14 points, 5 rebounds. Not up to Valanchunas' standard. Herbert Jones at the 4. 11 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. Shooting 36%. Really not Brandon Ingram standard. And that was really it. The leading scorer was Jose uh, Alvarado coming off the bench with 19 points, 4 steals, and 4 rebounds. But they kept it decently competitive. If we get them, give them a little credit here, and we'll see if this Pelicans kind of backups, uh, kind of other role players that are getting this nice experience in the starting lineup without Valanchunas and Brandon Ingram there. Hopefully, once those two superstars return, they can kind of start maybe making a push for the playoffs. Eh, I don't know, but we'll see. But the Celtics get the win, 107 to 97. All right, then we get the Pacers at the <laughs> Pacers at the Mavericks, and once again the. The Pacers get absolutely blown. I, I feel so I, – I can't imagine what it's like to be a Pacers fan, and I feel so sorry for y'all, honestly. Uh, they get blown They get blown out here again, classic, uh, by the Mavericks, 132-105. to 105. Man, oh, man, Luka Doncic had himself a game, 30 points, 12 assists, 6 rebounds, absolutely magnificent. Jalen Brunson, a solid 13 points. Porzingis still playing the 5. We absolutely love it. Only played 11 minutes, 5 points one rebound and then Maxi Kleber at the five 15 points 14 rebounds and then the bench here for the Mavericks yes all right get it done bench Dwight Powell 10 points Reggie Bullock 23 points fantastic and even Josh Green giving us 12 points on 66 percent shooting we will absolutely take that so Luka Doncic does Luka Doncic things gets 12 assists gets everybody involved like he always does and they absolutely blow out this Pacers team Sabonis 21 points eight assists 15 rebounds shooting 80 percent on 10 shots, classic Sabonis game that once again results into a blowout loss. Truly unfortunate. And then Karis LeVert, only 14 points. We need him. We need him to do like 25 plus. I mean, this Pacers team needs a consistent score besides Sabonis that's playing the five. It's not getting it done. He's not as impactful as Joel Embiid, as Giannis. If you're going to be this kind of dominant big here that does the points, that does the assisting, that does the rebounding, you got to be a little bit better. Sabonis is obviously not on those type of caliber big level and that's why this Pacers team uh, they're still losing every single game the Pacers are like well we got a you know good big that does it all why aren't we winning well 
he's not as good as those other bigs. And then you've got nothing else consistent out here at all. So, truly unfortunate for this Pacers team. Another game, another blowout. Man, oh, man. Mavericks get the win, 132-105. to 105. All right, then we get the Kings and the 76ers, and the 76ers get the win, but shout out to this Kings team for being very competitive. Only lost by two. We're kind of leading the entire way, folks, honestly, until kind of the shift happened like the last two minutes of the third quarter. That's when the 76ers came storming back, took the lead, and never let go of it for the most part, and they get the win 103-101 over the Kings. Let's start here with the Kings. So, once again, no De'Aaron Fox. He was a no-go, so we get Davian Mitchell in the starting lineup 15 points five assists three rebounds well done Tyrese Halliburton at the one 38 points seven assists a magnificent performance there Raquan Holmes 10 points nine rebounds and even Harrison Barnes 16 points five assists eight rebounds so once again this Kings team they've got so many tradable pieces that they can use to get better themselves Davian Mitchell De'Aaron Fox you're not really using both so which one are you going to potentially trade Still got Buddy Heald. He only scored two points last night, and they still were competitive. They didn't need Buddy Heald. He's still coming off the bench. 0 of 7 from the 3 last night, and they still were competitive against this great 76ers team. So, this is, it's really interesting. I really just want the trade deadline to come so I can know what this Kings team is going to do. But, uh, you know, if they want to try and get better, get, get a little bit deeper here. They've got some nice tradable assets. I mean, just looking at the Lakers, they would do anything for a point guard. So if you do want to trade De'Aaron Fox and kind of, you know, start evolving Davian Mitchell more, that would be, you know, the Lakers would give you their entire roster besides, you know, the big three. They would even probably give you Russell Westbrook if you just kind of want that depth at the one anyway. So real interested to see what the Kings do here. I think they'd be a little foolish to not trade anybody. This Kings team is not doing anything in the next year or two with this same roster compared to everything else in the league. Use what you've got, what you've acquired here, the great talent acquisition that you've got and uh, maybe parlay that to more picks, some depth ability out here because the Kings have some nice, decent young players out here. So well done for the Kings of keeping it close last night. And then for the 76ers, Joel Embiid, way better than Sabonis, obviously 36 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, getting it done. Seth Curry letting us down, 8 points on 2 of 7 from the 3. Tyrese Maxey getting it done, 13 points, 7 assists, yes sir, love that. And then Tobias Harris always showing out, 16 points, 8 rebounds to help it out. Now, the 76ers team, you know, we're not as big as we were on them in the first kind of 3 weeks of the season here. They're not blowing out teams, the Ben isn't getting it as you know done consistently like they did in the first three weeks of the season here so the 76ers team is still good but they're just kind of uh they're just winning they're just winning not in dominating fashion some games come close that probably shouldn't come close but they're just out here winning games which is still good it's not a knock but that's all they are they're just winning games it's all right uh 76ers get the win 103 to 101 all right, then we get this freaking game out here. The dogs, holy moly, woof. They were on a back-to-back, -back, and then they had to go into triple overtime. And this is why, you know, I don't love betting back-to-backs. This Raptors team was in full control, really, the entire game. Heat having to battle back from behind the entire game. Then it goes into overtime. Then it goes into double overtime. Then it goes into triple overtime, and they just didn't have the legs. I want to say this Heat team didn't score for, like, the last two minutes of triple overtime here. Let me just quickly see. 
What was there, like five points scored here? Uh, so their last points came at 132. 132, the last basic minute and a half. 153, the last two minutes. Yes, I was right. The last two minutes, the C team had, did not score any points. That's just the legs there. Don't bet the back-to-backs. I don't think it's great value. That's just an example, you know, right here that we can see in real time. So, well done for this Raptors team. This Raptors team is fantastic. We love this Raptors team. Nick Nurse deserves so much credit for getting it done. Siakam playing the five out here. 21 points, 13 rebounds. Once again, Siakam for MVP. Can we get that going? We don't want him kind of number one at the current moment, but I want him in the running. You can utilize him anywhere, and he still gets it done. 21 points, four steals, four blocks, 13 rebounds, a plus eight on the floor. That was the second highest next to Scotty Barnes, a plus nine on the floor. That was the highest. Scotty Barnes, rookie of the year, 22 points, nine rebounds. OG Ananubi, 20 points, 14 rebounds. Gary Trent Jr., 33 points, five steals, five rebounds. And then Fred Van Vliet bringing it all together, 19 points, eight assists, getting it done in triple overtime. And then for the Heat, keeping it close, obviously goes into triple overtime. Jimmy Butler, 37 points, 10 assists, 14 rebounds, triple-double for the man. Gabe Vincent at the one, still filling in for Kyle Lowry, 17 points. Tyler Hero off the bench, did not play well. 13 points on 22% shooting on 22 shots. Ooh, ooh, not the best, but, not the best, but Max Drews, 11 points. Caleb Martin, 11 points. Heat getting it done, just unfortunately went into triple overtime. So, shout-out to the Raptors for getting the win, 124 to 120. Last two games here. We got 13 seconds. Here we go. Wizards at the Grizzlies. Grizzlies get the win here. Wizards didn't show up. Kyle Kuzma had uh, a pretty solid game. 30 points and 8 rebounds. But Bradley Beal not being that kind of, you know, the number two here. Um... Helping out Kyle Kuzma, Bradley Beal, 9 points, 12 assists. That was really it. So, Wizards can't get it done here. Grizzlies getting it done with John Moran, 34 points. Stephen Adams, 10 points, 15 rebounds. This Stephen Adams is the best play of the offseason here. Uh, maybe in the NBA. Grizzlies got it done in the offseason. You got to love it. They get the win, 115-95. to 95, And then the last game of the night, Nets at the Warriors. Warriors get the win, but the Nets kept it competitive with just Kyrie Irving. No James Harden. It was about an hour out. He was a scratch no go. Kyrie Irving by himself, 32 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. Shout out to Patty Mills for a nice 24 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. Truly helping out. But other than that, everything else was flat like we know this Nets team is. And then for the Warriors, Steph Curry, 19 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. Klay Thompson, 16 points. Jordan Poole, 17 points. Andrew Wiggins, who y'all disrespected into oblivion just because he got the all-star nod. 24 points, 2 assists, 8 rebounds, a Plus 14 on the floor. Steph Curry was a minus three on the floor. Klay Thompson was a minus three on the floor. Andrew All-Star starter Wiggins. Plus 14 on the floor. Give that man his credit. Folks, stop disrespecting him. Warriors get the win 110 to 106. Alrighty, that is all the NBA we had to go over for today. Uh, we're not going to talk about betting in the NBA because we're just strictly solely focusing on betting in the NFL. If you just want a quick NBA pick, I'll throw one out here, folks. I'm liking it. Blazers plus the five against the Bulls here. I'm liking that a lot. I think that's probably the best value of tonight. Maybe swallowing six with the Bucks is a solid second right there. Clippers plus six and a half is interesting. I don't think I love it just quite yet, but best bet of the night, I would say, is Blazers plus the five. 
Alrighty, now truly we are done with the NBA for today. So now let's shift gears to the NFL. And before we start breaking down all the betting opportunities for Championship Sunday, let's just quickly go over and touch on some stories. Obviously the first one, Tom Brady. We're going to hold off on praising Tom Brady, doing a tribute show to Tom Brady. We're going to pump the brakes on that because we don't even know if he's retiring. Adam Schefter got his little, you know, greedy Twitter fingers. It was like, oh, he's retiring. And then everyone was like, um, no, his dad, Tom Brady's dad came out. I was like, what you talking about about my son for? Get, take take my son's name out your mouth, Adam Schefter. What are you talking about? He's not retiring. Um, so it just seems like the overall, I would just kind of say the overall narrative at the current moment is that Tom Brady is retiring. He told some people and he was going to use it as an exclusive in the man in the arena the next episode. Um, and then it just got leaked and this Adam Schefter tweeting it out kind of ruined, the, like spoiled it. So seems like Tom Brady wanted the moment to himself, which he absolutely deserves. Once again, Adam Schefter just doing kind of classic, you know, wants to break. And what's, what's the thing about breaking news? Who, who cares if you break the news? Just as soon as you tweet that out, everybody else is going to tweet it out. So can we all stop trying to be first? Let Tom Brady have his moment. What's nobody cares if you're first. Nobody even true. You only care if you're first in like 2010 YouTube era where somebody posts a video and then you comment first. I mean, we're done with that. We're in 2022, okay? Can we stop with the first and, oh my God, well, he got a first. Oh, he broke, oh my God, M. Schefter broke news. Oh my God, M. Schefter was the first one to break Tom Brady's retirement. He deserves a medal of freedom for that journalist of the Millennium Award. Can we all just take a chill pill? Okay, you got it first. Congratulations. You, you knew somebody that knew about it. Congratulations, Adam Schefter. Here's your praise, Adam Schefter, that you were really kind of hoping for of getting the Tom Brady news out there and being first, the number one to do so. So can we all give a five-second round of applause for Adam Schefter? Woo! You did it, man. You broke the news. Woo! Woo! Journalist of the year. Twitter account of the year, Adam Schefter. Well done. Well done, Adam Schefter. That's what you wanted, right, Adam? You wanted the praise. You wanted the recognition. You wanted to spoil Tom Brady's retirement announcement. Well, there you go. Let's uh, hold a five-second moment of silence for the journalistic integrity that, <laughs> that Adam Schefter had. There we go. Alrighty, Adam Schefter, congratulations. You did it, my man. Congrats. Alrighty, so we don't know what's going on with Tom Brady. I'm sure he's probably is retiring. Who knows what's going to happen. So once it officially comes from the goat's mouth, once the goat bass, he bass to us. Bam, retiring, bam, retiring, bam. Well, uh, give him the tribute at that point. But we'll wait till he gives it himself. Alrighty, so here we go. Just a couple of the other stories to touch on quickly here. That's not the GOAT. The number currently, the number three GOAT, Aaron Rodgers at the current moment. Aaron Rodgers, he spends t extra time with the Packers coaches and staff going over the future. So we've known... Aaron Rodgers kind of saying, hey, I'm going to kind of make my decision whether I'm staying or going. I'm going to make that kind of as soon as possible out of respect for the team because I know how, you know, the NFL works and how you really 
you know, how, uh, you know, we're going to prepare for next season and all that. You kind of want to get that all, all out of the way as soon as possible. And that's kind of what Tom Brady was saying as well. He's like, I'll make my decision on the retirement, you know, in the next couple of days here relatively soon because I know how NFL calendars work and all that. So Adam or Aaron Rodgers meeting with the personnel, the general managers, the coaches of the Packers and kind of discussing, talking through what he wants from the future, uh, seeing if they're on the same page, making sure that he's getting all the pieces and weapons that he wants back so they can make a, another 13-3 and run that ends prematurely in the playoffs next season um, as well. So Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's trying to make it work in Green Bay. Doesn't really seem like maybe he wants to move on. Nathaniel Hackett going to the Broncos though, so he still does have an out if uh, you know he's hearing some things in these meetings that he's with with the coaches and general managers, you know, if he hears something he doesn't like, he's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go to Denver then. So Aaron Rodgers still trying to make his decision, making sure he has input going into next season. And then we get this as well. Aaron Rodgers has, quote, told people in confidence he wants free agents Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling wherever he plays next season. Now, we already kind of knew Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams were probably going to be a package deal this season coming up. Up. You know, the, both of them tweeting out the last dance, and how did that end up? Not very good. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, though, is a little interesting that, you know, Aaron Rodgers would kind of, you know, be like, hey, I want him as well. So, uh, you know, <clears throat> with the Packers having, you know, kind of cap issues potentially would probably have to franchise tag Devontae Adams to make it all work out. No wide receiver, no player loves to be franchise tag, but you know, Devontae Adams get one more year with Aaron Rodgers, maybe he would overlook it. Or you just go to the Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett, who would probably spend whatever. They would probably trade Jerry Judy to the Packers just for Devontae Adams, or if they could keep Jerry Judy and Devontae Adams, that would obviously be great. So Couple of options here for Aaron Rodgers and you know, if I know Aaron Rodgers, you know, I've been watching this man my entire life. I know how he acts. I think I know his personality. I think I've cracked Aaron Rodgers. I think I know how this man works. You know, I wouldn't put it past Aaron Rodgers of kind of leveraging both options against each other to get the perfect fit. And I've got no problem with that. Absolutely. Use your power. Use your advantage as kind of the employee um, of the employers of the football team. Every employee should always use the leverage. Get the most out of the company. They don't care about you, folks. They would replace you in a minute, in a heartbeat. They don't care. Um, Aaron Rodgers may be a little different situation just because, you know, he's potentially the greatest of all time. But either way, absolutely use all your leverage to your advantage in every single situation. I've got no problem with it, but I think that's what Aaron Rodgers potentially is doing. Going to the Packers, be like, hey, I've got an option here. So what are you going to do for me? Are right, you going to keep this man and this man? Well, I want Scal I want Valdez Scantling too, okay? Yeah, we can make that work. And then he goes to the Broncos and be like, well, they're going to keep Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez Scantling and me and all these people. So what do you got for me, huh? huh? What are you going to do for me? Oh, you'd bring them both over. You'd bring this man too. Oh, you bring Marquez? You bring Valdez Scantling too? Oh. Okay, then he goes back to the pack and be like, well, they're going to match you, so what are you going to do for me now? So uh, we'll see what Aaron Rodgers decides to do at the end. Going to be interesting. Maybe he t retires. Maybe he pulls to Tom Brady, retires. We'll see. Uh, but I think Aaron Rodgers, knowing that Tom Brady's retiring, this is Aaron Rodgers' league now. He's thinking, he's like, oh, if I can get a ring, I can be greatest of all time. No, that's not how it works, Aaron. It's unfortunate. But uh, we'll truly see what uh, decision this man makes.
All right, another kind of story up here quickly. Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell emerges as a key candidate in the Jaguars head coach search. So uh, offensive-minded coach, we absolutely approve, he, approve it over here. Kevin O'Connell, uh, not the biggest resume here in the league. Uh, started in 2015 with the Cleveland Browns as the quarterback's coach. Then he went to the 49ers for a special project. That didn't work out. They went 2-14 that season. Then he goes to Washington for three years as the quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator, all of that. And once again, Washington hasn't been good the last couple of seasons. Okay, and then he goes to the Rams in 2020, 2021, and, you know, he's making it work with Matthew Stafford. He's not calling the plays 100% himself out here. He's still making the entire offense work with all these kind of big pieces, Cooper Cup, and he had Deshaun Jackson, then they trade him, and he's still making OBJ work and getting him touchdowns, and the running game has still been working and all that, and, you know, he had to kind of get Cam Makers good to go, and then he's injured, can't go, so they had to bring in Sony Michelle, and he gets it going with Sony Michelle. And then they were like, okay, Sony, Cantmaker's back. And then he's able to make Cantmaker's work again. So he's got some nice benefits to this man. Able to make, you know, great talent work. But, you know, as a head coach going to the Jaguars, you don't have great talent. You got a nice starting piece of Trevor Lawrence at the quarterback position. But he is going to have to kind of truly earn uh, his salary there wherever he goes. But they're targeting an offensive-minded coach there in Jacksonville. So we all obviously give the endorsement. We'll see how he does here. And, uh, you know, because I would definitely still use... Playoff performances by these coaching these coaching candidates. Um, I would definitely use what they're doing here in the playoffs as a huge piece of whether I want to hire them or not. You know, the goal is to win the Super Bowl. The goal is not to be good in the regular season and then flounder right in the playoffs. That's not going to interest any team out there. So we'll see how Kevin O'Connell does here. We'll see how the Rams offense does in total. And we'll see what the Jaguars do decide to end up doing for the head coaching spot. And then I want to bring up this because this is exactly what I want to see. This is great right here. Titan senior defensive assistant, former Lions head coach Jim Schwartz plans to interview for the Colts defensive coordinator vacancy. Thank you. Thank you. Not everybody has to interview for a head coaching job every single year. Jim Schwartz is a good defensive mind. I don't know about great. He's had some real great success. I'm not going to lie about that. But for the overall kind of what he's done for his entire career, it's a little, you know, maybe above average. Nothing special. Nothing trash. Nothing just kind of bad overall. He's had some good years. But the main point of this is... First of all, defense, you know, defense, you know, sticking to the defense, but then just not kind of being like, well, I want the coaching job. I, I want a head coaching job, all that. No, just go to coordinators. You can still get recognition and all that by just being a defensive coordinator. So I give Jim Schwartz a lot of credit for not throwing his hat in the ring as a head coach. He's been a head coach before, never really made it work out too well here. And this is what we're saying about defensive-minded head coaches. It, it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't move the needle for a team when, the defensive guy is the head coach because he got his, you know, he got his opportunity as a head coach for the Detroit Lions. Nothing good ever, really. Always underperforming. His best season. Uh, was 10-6, 2011. That was Matthew Stafford. He threw for 5,000 yards that season, and they still get blown out in the wild card game. The wild card game, first round of the playoffs, they get blown out 28-45. to So where was that defense in the wild card game? Why could Jeff Schwartz not get it done, or Jim Schwartz not get it done? 
in the wild card game defensively? How do you give up 45 points in a wild card game with Matthew Stafford? How do you do that? So, that's what we're saying. No defensive coaches at the head coaching position. How simple? It's just that simple, folks, right? Uh, so kind of always underperforming, having great greatness of Matthew Stafford. You see what Sean McVay can do with Matthew Stafford. And we will give Jim Schwartz a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there in Detroit because that team's been trash. Nobody's been able to truly make it work. They've The ownership has ruined that team for their entire franchise. We get all that, so we give Jim Schwartz a little extra credit there of going 10-6. But that's his best season there, 10-6, losing, wild card round, getting blown out 45-28, to 28, I believe. And then when we just look at overall, you know, what the defense was looking like here, we see, I mean, in these kind of top top defensive categories of yards allowed, points allowed, takeaways by the defense here during his stretch with the defense uh, with the Detroit Lions as a head coach, he's like not even top 10 in really any categories consistently. We get him in top 10 uh defense categories here when he's just strictly the defensive guy look at this back-to-back 2007 2008 for the Tennessee Titans they're top 10 in every single defensive category then when he's with the Buffalo Bills for only one year top five in every defensive category then with the Eagles for in 2017 top five in every defensive category he was nothing like that when he was the head coach so it just doesn't seem to move the needle when you put a defensive guy at the head coaching position so that's just another example, folks, where we let we always let the information dictate, you know, what we're saying here, folks. It's not like we're saying things um, for clicks or for likes or anything. We just want to be hot take and just want to make noise in the national media. Obviously, we don't do that. You know, OK, I'm not going to diss ourselves, but obviously we have not been doing that. Uh, but yeah, Jim Schwartz, I, I give him a little respect to being like of kind of being like, you know, I'm only going to. You know, leave for, uh, you know, a head coaching job or anything like that. Looking to go to the Colts and being a solid defensive coordinator there. So, shout out to Jim Schwartz. Well done. Doesn't need the recognition. Doesn't want to need to be the guy. All right, what else do we got here? A couple more. Um, and this one I just came across, and I think I love this, folks. I think I can kind of get behind this for for the offseason coming up here. Gardner Minshew to the Titans? Ooh, I do think I like it. We have to be real about Ryan Tannehill, folks. We've seen his ceiling. He's not clutch. He can't get it done in the playoffs. He can't single-handedly get it done in the playoffs. He could be a great above-average game manager in the regular season once he's got great pieces around him, great running help behind him. But when it comes to kind of put up or shut up, make those big-time throws, big-time plays in the playoffs, he just can't get it done. Just lost by three to the Bengals at home as the number one one seed and I know the Bengals are very good I get that but I mean you're the number one seed you set the standard in the AFC you beat out the Chiefs for the number one seed you have to do a little bit better than what was it 16 points at home in a playoff game I mean you did better than Aaron Rodgers so we give you credit for that maybe Aaron Rodgers should be retiring from the league right um 
So, Ryan Tannehill, we got to be a little honest. He's he just can't he's not that clutch factor that you need in the playoffs. With Joe Burrow, we've seen him so far do really good in the playoffs. Solid. This is going to be the true test this upcoming week here, but you know, Ryan Tannehill got to an AFC Championship game. Joe Burrow's already gotten to one. So, <clears throat> It's just unfortunate for Ryan Tannehill. I think you've got to move off of him. I think you've reached the max that you can get with them. Ever since that AFC Championship game that they got into, they've just never been able to replicate that, get back to their, their little lackluster ever since that point. Where, as Gardner Minshew, we know he's got great stats, never really had any full confidence behind him, never had a full great team behind him, and now... You give him Derrick Henry, obviously he's going to be great. You give him Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, he's going to be fantastic because we know he has a big arm. He's got great stats overall. Truly slept on stats, folks. Truly. 2020 played eight starting games, 66% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions. Real solid work out here. And that was just his second season, folks. So in just last season, he started two games for 68% completion percentage. So we see the big potential out of Gardner Minshew, big arm to work with that Titans offense. It will be real interesting to see what the Titans do in the offseason. Gardner Minshew probably won't stay at Philadelphia. Eagles seems like they're rocking with Jalen Hurts. And I would, you know, stick with Jalen Hurts. He's been rocking. It's been getting it done. Uh, where Garner Minshew, he does have a high ceiling. I'm not going to lie, but it's still a little bit of a question markable ceiling because we haven't really, you know, he hasn't just been able to kind of get the keys to the franchise and let it rock for two straight seasons and all that where kind of Jalen Hurts has already. So we believe in Garner Minshew. We believe he can be very good in this league, but there still is a decent amount of question marks around it. And also him being only 6'1", you know, playing into, hey, these shorter quarterbacks don't really overall get it done when they need to in the big games. They have great performances. They're pretty good decently in the regular season being consistent. But for overall of winning a Super Bowl, uh, that's where we still have our little re reservations on. So I would give Gardner Minshew the nod in Tennessee, absolutely. And we'll see what they do. Uh, Gardner Minshew is definitely going to be an interesting look in this offseason because it doesn't seem like the draft class uh, for quarterbacks is going to be that big. It's not going to be like last season, and last season wasn't even that great overall panning out. <clears throat> so we'll see how the draft plays out and all that, but watch out for Garner Minshew to be a highly sought-after backup or competitor for the quarter quarterback competition camps and OTAs and the offseason training camps. So we'll see what Gardner Minshew, but I think I love him going to Tennessee. I think that would be fantastic. All right, then we get great news right here. Yes, yes, yes. Chiefs Tyron Matthew is expected to play. So this is kind of what we've been saying all week. Truly looking like trending towards playing here. Let's see if the line has changed any. I thought the line would officially go by a half a point. It would go from Chiefs minus 7 to Chiefs minus 7.5 once the news officially broke. This isn't officially breaking news. Uh, it's just trending towards by uh, you know some sources here. Who we got? Jesse or James Palmer TV. Verified NFL Network on Twitter. Uh, but the line is still at seven here, and these lines are not changing. Real interesting. Actually, uh, the 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 lines aren't changing, but the money is, folks. So let's talk about this quickly. We saw the Bengals 
at plus seven be minus one or plus 120 was that it Jeez, louise now i'm forgetting actually uh chiefs uh now at minus 150 at minus seven where when we're looking at the rams rams minus three and a half is now at plus 100 49ers at plus three and a half is at minus 120 so all the money so far is going on the rams plus the points here so man oh man that's real interesting I'm still rocking with Sean McVay. I'm truly, I mean, like I said earlier this week, these these games are hard to call, folks. These spreads are truly hard to call. But I'm going with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. We'll tell you a little bit, a little bit more. Why? Can we say it now? What else do we got here? Let's quickly, um, Joe Burrow. Okay, let's quickly go over Joe Burrow, and then we will get to truly breaking down, uh, you know, the bets here. So. Tyron Matthew trending good to go. I don't think it's breaking as of yet if he's truly in or out, but it is looking like he's good to go. Expect an official confirmation maybe in the next hour, I would probably say. Yeah, I would probably say uh, probably in the next hour we'll get official confirmation on Tyron Matthew, but it is seeming I would give it like 99% he's going to play, so... All right, but then Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's got some swag, folks. We get this picture of him in this nice coat, big coat up here. Swag, the gold chain, the tinted shades, the AirPods flexing. Yes, sir. So Joe Burrow, and this is why I want to kind of bring this up because I am betting on the Chiefs, and I'm betting on Andy Reid, and I'm betting on Patrick Mahomes, and I'm betting on, you know, Chiefs Stadium, Chiefs Kingdom. I'm betting on four straight AFC Championship game of performances here, but um, I don't want to get confused I don't want y'all to get confused that we're knocking Joe Burrow or the Bengals while betting on the Chiefs that's the furthest thing from it I respect the hell out of this Bengals team we've been championing this Bengals defense we've been telling y'all in the regular season we've been tweeting it out don't sleep on this Bengals defense they lock up in the red zone I just think the experience factor the overall fantastic magic like play of the Chiefs are going to get it done seeing what happened last week Joe Burrow can play his best game of his entire career college games NFL games whatever it is the best game he ever plays it could be today but we just saw Josh Allen do that and what happens 13 seconds doesn't matter it's all gone in just 13 seconds 13 seconds, it's tied, overtime, Joe Burrow doesn't even get the ball, and it's unfortunate he loses. We're talking about potentially the same storyline as of last week. Uh, but I want to give him a little bit of credit for being so gosh dang swaggy. I love it. Being swaggy, um, you know, having confidence, all that. It's so infectious, and that's truly what you need at a quarterback position. You need the leader. And this is where we kind of, you know, don't see it out of Baker Mayfield. And Ryan Tannehill, he's good. He, he, he does have some swag to him and some great leadership. But, uh, you know, Joe Burrow just coming in off that injury and just being so swagful and just being this the guy here that everybody can kind of look up to. And he's a huge vocal leader and everybody respects the hell out of him. And he's aggressive and he's confident. Look at him running it in, taking the hits, willing to kind of go the extra mile to dive into the end zone. That's infectious. And then after the play right there, that celebration, like, yeah, it's me, baby. Number nine. Don't you disrespect me. I. I do this. I've been doing this. Don't disrespect me. And then here it is in the end zone again. Everybody pumping up the kid. The kid right here. So I'm not disrespecting Joe Burrow any by not betting on him today. I'm giving him all of his props. I'm giving all of his uh, giving him all of his dues. 
We say this all the time, folks. Talking sports and betting sports, they're two totally different worlds, folks. We give Joe Burrow all the mother-loving respect and credit on the football field. But when we're betting and we're swallowing points and how games are kind of going to go and all of this, it's just different than actually talking football. So... I wanted to get this nice little 54-second hype clip of Joe Burrow Burrow being swaggy. This is probably my favorite one of all time. Him after the championship game for LSU smoking the cigar because he knows. (laughs) Yeah, I just did that. What's good? What's good? Yeah, I just did that. You saw it? Yeah, yeah, I did that. Sitting back, relaxing, absolutely fantastic. And if Joe Burrow, if Joe Burrow wins this game and gets to the Super Bowl, we will honor Joe Burrow with a canvas spot next season. Absolutely. So Joe Burrow, absolutely fantastic. Love the kid, absolutely. Alrighty, <clears throat> now that we've got all of that out of the way here, let's spend the last 20 minutes of the show here in finding the best bets, talking over the bets, what are the lines, what are the spreads, any great prop bets, and how we can all cash in on today's final multiple NFL game Sunday of the year. So let's start with the baseline spreads right here. Bengals plus seven, Chiefs minus seven. So it's still no hooks here. No seven and a half point hooks, anything like that. So we're still rocking with the Chiefs. And I would say this is probably going to be a 10 points game. I think the Chiefs win by 10 at the end of the day. I think Joe Burrow plays well. I think the Bengals can, you know, keep up decently pace scoring wise. But I think at the end of the day, the Chiefs just close it out in the fourth quarter. They have that experience. They've been here before, four straight. They know what it takes. They know how to win close. They know how to blow out teams. They know how to score in 13 seconds, and they know how to take down the ball uh, all the way 75 yards in overtime to make sure that Joe Burrow does not even touch the ball once if it gets to that case. So I would bet the line up a little bit, and I have bet the line. I have officially taken Chiefs minus nine and a half, folks. Once again, I don't tell y'all anything I would not do personally, folks. And I have bet up the spread a little bit. Extra odds here. Chiefs minus 9.5 right under that 10-point hook. I think it's going to be a 10-point win here for the Chiefs. So we'll cash in on that at plus 115 odds, folks. Um, and, and a reason kind of why we say this, we're, we're going to go back to the Week 17 game here. And, uh, you know, Bengals, they got the win, and we give them credit for the win. But a couple of things that I think we need to all put in perspective. They won the game. That's credit. We're not taking anything away from the Bengals. But we want to see how you win. How did it look how you won? Now that we can take a step back, the game is over. It's about four weeks removed. How did the Bengals end up winning this game? They should shut out the Chiefs basically in the second half. It's not like the Chiefs weren't scoring the entire game. The Chiefs put up 28 points in the first half, folks. They went touchdown, 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 touchdown. They scored four touchdowns out of five possessions, and they're only the the possession that they didn't score on was the first possession of the game. They went five and out, unfortunately. But other than that, they scored touchdown, 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 touchdown. Now, we will give credit for the Bengals' defense scheming at halftime, fixing all the mistakes. I mean, when a team just goes up and puts up four straight touchdowns on you, you're reeling defensively. You're looking for answers. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did. They found, or that's what exactly what the Bengals did. They found the answers defensively out of halftime. 
So we definitely give the Bengals credit defensively for that. But then, bringing it back to what the Bengals defense, I don't like the way that Eli Apple is getting so gosh dang cocky out here. I think the Chiefs will have kind of something to say about that. Also, we had the Bengals at home a little bit easier, you know, hyping up your own fans. Once you get one defensive stop, that's infectious. It brings the crowd into it. You're not going to really have that. You're always going to be working against the Kansas City crowd. And I'm sure Joe Burrow can handle that absolutely. Absolutely, but at some point, I think it's going to get a little bit too much. We saw the Rams implode week 18 against the 49ers because the 49ers fans were taking over the Rams house at SoFi Stadium. The Chiefs Stadium really doesn't have that problem. The Chiefs have loyal fans, especially over the last four seasons when they've gone to four straight AFC Championship games. Where the Rams, yeah, you went to LA, you left your fan base in Seattle or St. Louis, so what are you doing? So, Bengals, they shut out the Chiefs in the second half, but the Chiefs were still scoring points and able to score points and look great while doing so. Now, the other kind of case against the Bengals today, folks, is that how did the Bengals score the 34 points? How were they able to come back? What did their offense look like? And it was just really Jamar Chase. We saw all the one-on-one. We watched the highlights on Thursday's show um, of this game, and it was just all those one-on-one matchups on Jamar Chase, and he was winning and that's why we give credit to Joe Burrow, those one-on-one matchups, able to kind of, you know, float the ball, put it in perfect position, giving Jamar Chase an opportunity on the 50-50 jump balls to go up and get it. We love that by Joe Burrow, and we love that by Jamar Chase, and we're giving them credit, folks. I don't want it to be misconstrued that we're not giving any of these Bengals teams or players credit. They're so gosh dang good. I'm, I'm telling y'all. Uh, but this is how they scored all these touchdowns, folks. Jamar Chase... One catch for 69 yards. Touchdown. Easy. Another one we get. Jamar Chase. Where's this one at? 72 yards. Touchdown. So 14 points came out of just Jamar Chase blowing by the Chiefs defense. You don't think the Chiefs defense has been, you know, truly hawking on how to bring that down, on how to stop that, working tirelessly. We know this Chiefs team, you don't get to four straight AFC Championship games without doing your homework. I think the Bengals are going to have to kind of look to somebody else to try to do those. Now, to the benefit of the Bengals, folks, once again. T. Higgins can definitely do that, can definitely kind of step in for Jamar Chase and be the guy to go for 72 yards, to go for 65 yards for those touchdowns. He can absolutely do that. That's why we want Tyron Matthew back, and it seems like he's playing, so expect Jamar Chase to kind of be doubled for most of the game, and we'll see if T. Higgins can be the Jamar Chase of Week 17 for these big shot plays. So you take away 14 points for the Bengals. Let's just, let's just hypothetically take away 14 points for the Bengals. The final score is 31 to 20. 11 point win. While we're betting at minus nine and a half. I still think the Bengals move the ball. I just putting this game into a little bit of context. I think the plus seven and with Vegas putting the line at plus seven and no half a point hook seems a little suspicious to me. And we can read Vegas reading a line I think is like 10% of finding great value and knowing whether you should be betting on a game or not. I think you can read into that probably 10%. Yes, there's other outside factors. That's why we're kind of capping it. Like we look at the line. Take 10% of that value and factor it into our overall opinion here. And I think we're, we're kind of doing that 
with this seven-point line. It's a little interesting that they're setting it right on that seven-point line. Vegas knows what they're doing, folks. They know how to play the game. They know how to play you. That's why they make money. That's why they gave everybody a free $300 in New York. Uh, Caesars, you didn't even have to deposit. Barely, barely even had to sign up. They're like, hey, you want 300 bucks? Here's 300 bucks. And you're like, what's the catch? <laughs> No catch, baby. JB Smooth. No, no catch. <laughs> what are you talking about? No catch. I'm Caesars. These are my points, my rewards. I'm giving y'all 300 free dollars. So, okay, let's all be a little realistic. Yes, we're all trying to game the system. Yes, we're all trying to win. But at the end of the day, Vegas won. And Vegas won on me last night because the NBA is so gosh dang trash. I had eight picks going, two 14 parlays, and I only lost on two picks, one on each. It does that, folks. We all know betting. We all know bad beats. So Vegas putting the line like this, a little interesting. That's why I think I'm buying it up a little bit is solid value, solid value. So that's our baseline on the overall line of the Chiefs. Bengals were taking the Chiefs minus nine and a half. Now, for the Rams and the 49ers, this one, I'm truly just telling you right off the rip, I'm just betting on Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. I think they get it done. That's really the only reason why we're swallowing the three and a half here. Now, this is a little bit more of an interesting line. Vegas putting it with the half a point hook because this one truly probably can go either way. And with all the money now kind of flooding the 49ers now, now that the uh, uh, spread line is uh, at minus 120 for the 49ers and plus 100 for the Rams, all of the money is going on the 49ers and that half a point hook is still there. So if we're just focusing right on the line, 49ers plus the three and a half seems like the better play overall, but Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford got beat twice to this 49ers team. Sean McVay, he's got a, you know, he, he, he's he got an ego. He doesn't show it, but you know he's got an ego. He needs to win this game. Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, very familiar with each other from Washington. Both came from there. So this is kind of a, uh, a, 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 a what, it's not ego. What, what, what's the word I'm trying to use? It's not the ego. You're um, pride, a little bit of a pride game for Sean McVay, coach V coach, Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan. But at the end of the day, I got to bet the better quarterback. And I just don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo can get it done in this big spot. He's a little kind of flip floppy. He's a little bit of a waffle in big time games being clutch and not clutch. We've seen both examples multiple times of clutchness in non-clutchness regular season. Saw him in the Super Bowl, flounder big time, 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, womp, womp. Now, the home field advantage has a lot to do with it. How many fans for the 49ers are going to be there? Probably a lot. Once again, speaking to the pride of Sean McVay, he knows this is going to be such a tough game, but I'm betting on just Sean McVay getting it done, keeping everybody lasered focused, and kind of being like, you're going to let Jimmy Garoppolo beat you? I would use that as motivation. If I was Sean McVay, I'd hang Jimmy Garoppolo's picture in that Super Bowl score in the locker room. I would plaster it everywhere and I would challenge the defense you're gonna let this beat you you're gonna let a team that put 
up 13 points last week, come into our house and beat you. This is what you're going to do. You're going to be disgraced on national television. We're the primetime game. We're the late night game here. And you guys are going to get beat by Jimmy Garoppolo, who is in a quarterback competition with Trey Lance, rookie from the FCS, Trey Lance. Y'all are going to get destroyed by this dude right here? I think Sean McVay gets that defense ready to rock. Aaron Donald clamoring for a ring. Matthew Stafford wanting to kind of be on the Mount Rushmore of great quarterbacks. You need a ring. You got to have at least one. We talk about two for greatest of all time. But if you want to be truly respected in this league, you need one ring. Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, we know they haven't been playing for regular season wins. It's all about the ring. It don't mean a thing if you ain't got that ring. Correct? The Warriors, best record, 72-9. and nine. 70, uh, yeah, 70, 73 and 9, 73 and 9, no championship, womp, womp, the Rams, they know they need the ring here, we're swallowing the three and a half, and, and I am betting it up, yes folks, once again, I have officially bet on this folks, I am betting it up to Rams minus six and a half here, I'm going 10-point win for the Chiefs, 7-point win for the Rams here tonight. So, <clears throat> betting up this value a little bit even more here. Rams minus 6.5 at plus 140 odds. Parley them together for plus 416. I think it's solid value overall, honestly. Alrighty, so now that we've got kind of the main lines out of the way here, let's quickly go into, y'all love the same game. I, I like the same game parlay. I think I like it a little bit more for NBA. I don't know if I love it for the NFL, but there is one nice bet right here. It's a, it's a DK promotion bet, 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 um, right here, right? Hang on. Where is this at? Game, conference specials, yes. It's a conference special, folks, and we're going to do a little bit of investigation to truly see if this is great value or not. Right off the rip, I think it's solid value overall. But I think I like this. All starting quarterbacks to throw at least 250 passing yards on Championship Sunday. So, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, all throwing for 250 yards today. Now, I think, you know, obviously Joe Burrow candy threw for 446 against the Chiefs week 17, the game that we've been talking about. Uh, Patrick Mahomes threw for 258 in that game. We know Matthew Stafford can get it done. He can sling. I think the only kind of, you know, little one you have to worry about is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. But if, you know, Vegas is saying this is probably the better spot to take the plus three with the 49ers because they're going to be competitive all throughout, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be making some throws in this game. To Debo Samuel, most likely, and only to Debo Samuel. But overall, he's going to be slinging the ball for some decent yards. But the investigation I just kind of want to quickly do on this, let's go back to uh, the last three years. We can go through it quickly. The last three championship Sunday games. Um, does defense prevail or were all these quarterbacks slinging the ball high scoring on championship Sunday? So let's go back to 2000. 20. Let's go back to last year, folks. What happened? Championship Sunday. First game up is the NFC Championship game. Bucks at uh, Bucks at the Packers. Bucks get the win. We all know Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> what a what a flounder on this game. Um, but we won't use this opportunity to knock Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Tom Brady threw 280 yards last 
Championship Sunday. Aaron Rodgers threw 346, so offense was still there in the NFC. Now, the AFC, Bills at the Chiefs. We know both of these quarterbacks can go for big yards. Let's see, did they all throw over 250 last season, last year? Josh Allen, 287 yards. Patrick Mahomes, 325. So all quarterbacks last season threw over 250 yards in the championship game. Fantastic. Let's go back to 2019. Is this an outlier year in 2020 or is this the trend? Let's go back. Here we go. 2019, where the Titans, the Titans with Derrick Henry got in the AFC championship game. How did Ryan Tannehill look? And this is going to tell us a lot because I would kind of put Ryan Tannehill and Jimmy Garoppolo as kind of the same level of championship level quarterbacks. Probably not betting on them alone. Probably betting on the team overall to win. So let's see what Ryan Tannehill did in 2019 for yards. How many yards did he go for? 209. So this is kind of what we're saying. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be potentially the factor to ruin this bet. So maybe just bet it yourselves with the, with the three quarterbacks. Or if you want the extra Take uh, take the promotional pick. Uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes in this game threw for 294. So Ryan Tannehill, so far the only one to not. Let's head over to the NFC Championship game. Last season we got Packers in the 49ers. And once again, the Packers lose this game. <laughs> Unfortunate Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers threw four. 326 yard Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 77 <laughs> 77 in an NFC championship game that Aaron Rodgers loses to do y'all see what we're saying about Aaron Rodgers okay this is not good so once again Jimmy Garoppolo not getting it done not relying on him he only threw the ball eight times potentially what could be happening here in Jimmy Garoppolo not oh not even not anywhere close to 250 yards and let's just uh to kind of break the tiebreaker right here let's go to 2018 here we go the A NFC championship game Rams at the Saints unfortunate for Drew Brees here this was the uh pass interference play that didn't get called that was absolutely pass interference and Drew Brees didn't get another shot at a ring if Drew Brees won the ring here in 2018 he'd be the greatest quarterback of all time not Tom Brady how how crazy that uh, history and all that changes just on one call. Truly unfortunate. Uh, but Jared Goff threw for 297 yards in this game. 297 yards in an NFC championship game for the Rams. Why we have confidence in Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. They can get it done. So Jared Goff over 250. Drew Brees. Oh, no. And if this happens today, I'm punching something. I'm going to freaking punch something. Uh, Drew Brees, 249 yards. Oh, my goodness. I would be so very upset if that happens this week. Knock on wood that that does not happen. If I lose with three quarterbacks over 250 and then that one quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, at 249, I'm coming for the man, okay? All right, and then the AFC Championship game in 2018. Patriots at the Chiefs. Uh, was this the Chiefs' first start of, yeah, four straight AFC Championship games starting in 2018, folks? Uh, here we go. Tom Brady slung the ball for 348 yards. Patrick Mahomes, 295. So we're a little bit overall split here. Quarterbacks, we've seen some great performances. Other quarterbacks, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, 77 yards, nothing that great. But overall, I think it's solid value right here, especially what we just saw last week of, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen truly battling it out in the last two minutes. I think they both threw 250 yards in the last two minutes of the game. So 
high offense here, and I still think we got the green light of taking it. It's at plus 400 odds, solid value right here. All starting quarterbacks to throw at least 250 passing yards on championship Sunday. I think I love it, folks. Alrighty, what else do we got quickly here? Let's go to uh, same game parlays here. Let's start in the AFC Championship game. Anything that we love, anything that's jumping right up the screen, this is real interesting. And I saw this earlier today, and I don't love it. Uh, when you bet on same game parlay, the line, the official spread, goes to Chiefs minus 7.5, Bengals plus 7.5. Real lame right there, DraftKings. You understand me? So if you bet it down the half a point, you lose value and all that. So I would not bet the spread at the same game parlay unless you are taking our advice of Chiefs minus nine and a half, betting it up a little bit. But anytime touchdown scores, um, I would expect Joe Mixon. I think this is solid value. Able to kind of be utilized in the run in the pass game. I think the Bengals can slow down. I think that's an opportunity for the Bengals to win this game outright is to slow down the game a little bit and run the ball. So I do like Joe Mixon to score a touchdown here. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, anytime touchdown scores, also solid um, uh, you know, odds here. I think I would go with Travis Kelsey over Tyreek Hill if I was kind of juggling both of them. Travis Kelsey in the red zone, all that, getting it done. So I kind of like Joe Mixon, Travis Kelsey, a two-team same-game parlay of anytime touchdown scores. Uh, Joe Burrow passing yards, anything good here. Starts at 249, goes all the way up to 349. We know we can sling the ball, absolutely. It's just how much... Are the Chiefs defense going to give up this go around? So I think I'm just overall staying away from Joe Burrow, folks. Everybody's on Joe Burrow. The public is on the seven here with Joe Burrow. I don't know if that's going to be the overall outcome of the game. I think I'm staying away. I think I'm going to bet on the better quarterback. I'm going to bet on the quarterback that has the most experience in this huge I don't want to put pressure field because Joe Burrow is cool as calm under pressure, but so is uh, uh, so is Patrick Mahomes. We we saw that stat where he was wearing that kind of vital ring, and they measured his freaking beats per minute, his heart rate, and it was lower when he was on the field than watching the game when Josh Allen had the ball. His heart rate was lower. The man's got ice in his veins. So Joe Burrow may say he has ice in his veins and all that. We unfortunately don't have the analytics of the rings like we did with Patrick Mahomes this week. So I think overall, I'm staying away from everything Joe Burrow. I'm staying away from everything Joe Burrow, hoping and rooting for him. I don't know if I can bet on it just quite yet. Patrick Mahomes passing yards. We know we can sling around the ball. We're they're just going to kind of keep it at that 250 mark. This Bengals defense still deserves credit. Locking up in the red zone. This is going to be a true test here. AFC Championship game. Everything on the line here in Kansas City. And can Eli Apple keep putting his money where his mouth is? Or all the kind of fans that he was dissing the last couple weeks um, are going to eat him alive on Twitter. So I think I really just like Joe Mixon, Travis Kelsey, anytime scores here. Joe Mixon. What do we got for rushing yards by Joe Mixon? Can we buy into this? Joe Mixon rushing yards. I would probably give him 60 rushing yards. I would give him something like that. What is the lowest we could bet? What is the highest we could bet? Joe Mixon rushing yards over 59 and a half here. So this is what I'm going to kind of endorse right here. We got a three-team, same game parlay. Joe Mixon anytime score. Travis Kelsey anytime score. 
score and Joe Mixon over 59 and a half rushing yards. I think they slow down the tempo a little bit. Let the running game evolve. I am loving this right there. Plus 450 odds. Let's add this to our bet slip right here. Alrighty, and now let's close it out with the NFC Championship game. Anything we love here. Let's quickly go here see what we've got. 49ers at the Rams. Here we go. Same game parlay. What do we got? Does the line change any? No, this line stays the same. What's up with that? What is up with that, DraftKings? I see y'all. I see Vegas doesn't lose money, folks. That's why they beef it up to an extra half a point on the same game parlay because they know y'all love that. Alrighty, here we go. Anytime touchdown scores. Can we see? Can we can we um can we visualize anybody scoring for these two teams like we did for George Kittle and Joe Mixon here? Cooper Cup, George Kittle, I would definitely say Debo Samuel, but that's the obvious pick, right? That's who the Rams need to shut down to win this game. I think I'm staying away from Debo Samuel as an anytime touchdown scorer. Yes, the 49ers utilize them. That's their only weapon that they have in every facet of the offense. Quarterback, wide receiver, running back, it's all Debo Samuel. But I do like Tyler Higby to be an anytime scorer right here. Rams getting inside the red zone, going to their big beefy tight end. We know Matthew Stafford and Tyler Higby have great repertoire together, especially in the red zone. Those kind of back shoulder fades, corner of the end zone, all that. And they still utilize Tyler Higby a little bit from the 20s to the 20s as well. Um, so getting inside the red zone, that's where the Rams truly have to capitalize. And that's probably the biggest knock on the Rams. If we have any knock offensively on this Rams team, it's their kind of performance in the red zone could definitely be a little bit better out here. So I think they're focusing on that, driving down the field, eating up the clock, going to trusted weapons here, not trying to get too cute, not forcing Cooper Cup the ball, not forcing OBJ the ball. Getting Tyler Higby the ball here. First and goal from the five. First and goal from the ten. Third and goal from the three. Play action. Tyler Higby a little flip wide open in the end zone. I'm loving Tyler Higby as an anytime touchdown score. And then I'm going to go to Cam Makers as well. Yes, he fumbled a lot last week against the Bucks, but they still kept giving him the ball. I think the Rams slow down the tempo a little bit. Try to eat up the clock. Don't try to go three and out and give Jimmy Garoppolo all that time with Kyle Shanahan. Great offensive mind, can scheme and all that. So I think... We get a little bit of a slowdown game here. Cam Akers, Tyler Higby, they're both on the same team, I know. Uh, so, you know, we're truly going to be, you know, squeezing during this game. Um, that's, you know, once again, why we like NBA just a little bit better. Uh, more opportunities to score in the basketball game, obviously. And uh, NFL, you know, if you score three touchdowns a game, that's good. And we're picking two here, right here. So just a little bit tougher. But I still think this Rams team is going to take advantage of being at home and looking at, uh, you know, what happened in their first two meetings and finding out a great game plan to overcome that. Slow down the game a little bit and let uh, you know the run game and the tight ends get it done. So Cam Makers, Tyler Higby, anytime scores, two team parlay at plus four, uh, five fifty odds right here. So you get the extra odds boost because they are on the same team and all that. 
And I think that may be the only one I'm endorsing. I don't really know what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do passing-wise. We just saw him throw 77 yards right there. We're just going to hope that he throws for 250 because, you know, once again, Vegas putting the line like that. They, I think Vegas thinks uh, or they know they've got some insider information that the 49ers are going to be competitive. So kind of, kind of betting the game both ways right here. Uh, taking some of these different prop bets, not relying on one team or the other, relying on potentially both of these teams being good and getting it done and scoring the ball and moving the ball consistently. Um, so I think those would probably be the only ones. Let's go to rushing props. Any great yards right here. Cam Makers at, uh, starting at over 44 and a half. Yeah, you can take that. It doesn't beef up, uh, beef up, beefs up the odds a little bit, up to 675 if you take Cam Akers over 44 and a half yards rushing. That's pretty solid. Debo Samuel rushing yards over 34. Once again, stay. I would stay away from betting Debo Samuel. The Rams know that he's going to be the key component of this 49ers team winning. I think they lock him up. So maybe bet somebody else. Maybe bet a George Kittle. Bet an Elijah Mitchell as an anytime scorer for the 49ers. I think I would stay away from Debo Samuel overall. Um, Elijah Mitchell rushing yards over 54 and a half. Once again, you know, we just saw what Jimmy Garoppolo does in the uh, NFC Championship game. So maybe bet on the running a lot. But uh, this is what we're going to stick with. We're not even going to take the Cam Akers. We're just going to rely on the Rams scoring the touchdowns. So we will add this to our bet slip as well. Tyler Higby, Cam Akers, same game, two-team parlay, anytime scores. And we're just relying on this Rams team to put up a few tugs. Can they put up a few tugs our way? I think they can. So that's all we are officially endorsing today, folks. One last time, let's recap. We got Chiefs minus 9.5 points. Rams minus 6.5 points. All quarterbacks throwing at least 250 passing yards today. We got a three-team same-game parlay for the Chiefs at the uh, Bengals and the Chiefs. Joe Mixon anytime score. Travis Kelsey anytime score. Joe Mixon over 59.5 rushing yards. And then our same-game parlay for the late game, 49ers at the Rams. Tyler Higby anytime touchdown score. Cam Akers touchdown score. Alrighty, folks, uh, that's going to do it for us today. We're going to kind of get out of here to get prepared uh, for this great, glorious day of NFL coming up in just about two hours. So what do we got here? Any last second breaking news here? Anything we have to quickly talk about? Anything that will influence our betting decisions today? What do we got? What is this girl going with? Live moods of the volume. Shout out to the volume. Shout out to Colin Coward. Uh, she's going with Burrow over 287 and a half passing yards. Once again, everybody's big on Joe Burrow and I get it, folks. The likability is there. The swagger. I think I've got my swagger back and he's never lost his swagger so I still got my swagger here, folks. Joe Burrow, swaggy as heck. I get it. I just think Ugh, I just want to see it can I see it and then bet it next year and I know I'll be the one that's not celebrating with y'all cashing in your same game parlays of Joe Burrow over three touchdowns 300 yards 40 rushing yards if you want to take something the Joe Burrow rushing yards is like over seven so take that 
I would endorse that. I think it's over like seven and a half uh, rushing yards here by Joe Burrow. Let's actually take that. I always, you know, when I'm getting like seven yards by a, by a quarterback, you know, you, they get one lucky break. That's all we need. We know Joe Burrow's not the d uh, dual threat, but, you know, pressure's coming. Everybody, you know, middle of the field's wide open. He takes off and runs with it. So let's actually see what that is quickly right here. I know in the same game parlay, you can do it over seven and a half here. I just want to see the official number. Uh, not same game parley, the one that we can just do single bet wise. So here we go. Rushing props. Joe Burrow. I got Joe Burrow rushing yards here somewhere. Joe Burrow over eight and a half rushing yards. We're going to take that. We're going to give Joe Burrow some respect here and bet on Joe Burrow tonight. Joe Burrow over eight and a half rushing yards. We, ha we have to take that, folks. I know. I know, folks. He's not the rusher. He's not the dual threat or anything like that. But just one blown coverage by the defense allows Joe Burrow to rush out of the pocket. We know he can move. He's got some solid speed on him, but he's not a dual threat. We know this. But I will give Joe Burrow some credit y'all chewed me down I will bet to Joe Burrow over eight and a half rushing yards um what else do we got here folks anything else Chiefs announced Tyron Matthew will be available for today's game bingo bingo this was announced 12 minutes ago and once again the line has not officially changed correct still at seven so interesting I thought the line would move half a point with this news all right all right, Vegas. Once again, this the line not moving with this. Everything, I just, mm, the public's on Joe Burrow. Everybody's on Joe Burrow. The media's on Joe Burrow. And usually when that happens, folks, the opposite happens. It's just how betting works. If y'all have been betting, you know, for a while now, y'all know what I'm talking about. Hmm. Anything else? We got anything else here? Chiefs removed the injury designation for safety Tyron Matthew. That was 20 minutes ago. So if the line hasn't moved now, it's probably not. Um, yeah, once again, Tyron Matthew, 100% good to go. This is going to be huge defensively, folks. Big time defensively. This is why we have big time confidence in betting the Chiefs today. If there was no Tyron Matthew, I would probably take the 7 with the Bengals, honestly. Maybe 7.5. <laughs> um, what else do we get here? Jamar Chase warming up, biggest game of, of his career so far, and he's only a rookie. He needs like 18 yards to break the single season record for most playoff yards, something along those lines. All righty, folks. I think we are getting out of here. I think we've said our piece. We've broken it down this entire week. We've looked at everything we needed to look at. We looked at the history. We looked at what y'all are saying. We've taken account into what we've been saying. We've been taking into account the film, the stats, the full body of work here. And we're going to go with the Chiefs and the Rams in the Super Bowl. Rams at home. How annoying. Chiefs have to face another home team Super Bowl. How annoying. But that's just what we believe is going to be the outcome today. Alrighty, folks, enjoy the day. Hopefully your team wins if one of your team's playing. Hopefully you can make a little bit of money. Hopefully we gave you the great advice to make some money and didn't kind of push you away from the right choice. That's I feel awful when that happens, truly. Um, so enjoy the day. We're going to get out of here to prepare for the day that is coming up ahead of us. Enjoy the day, and we will see you all tomorrow, folks, when we know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Man. That's crazy to say, right? We're going to know who's in the Super Bowl tomorrow. End of tonight. Man, oh, man. Whew. Alrighty, folks. We're out of here. Have an absolute great one.